Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. All right, welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ. It's so good to have everybody here. See all you out there downloading and sharing these episodes. It really humbles me, and I thank you all for it. Could be listening to any other podcast or any other listening tools, but you've chosen a few moments to spend with us, and we really appreciate it. Now, if you've noticed, uh, we've changed our music, actually updated our music. Uh, that's still from going to be from True Bars Lyrics, and just watching the way he's walking with God, his progression is a miracle in itself. Uh, people don't uh, don't really take, don't really understand exactly what type of miracle it is for somebody to walk with God. For you and me or anybody to walk with God, begin to walk with God. It's even more important than miracles that we see people walking and blind people seeing and all that, because this is your body. The body grows old and it fades away and it rots, but. See, having your soul being saved, that's the biggest miracle we have. The biggest miracle we can experience. And, and watching his walk with God is amazing. Big shout out to True Bars out there. Other sponsors, Exquisite Creations, still making the tumblers and making the pens. Very good at that. Just amazing stuff that she's done and able to do and continue doing. Great strength in that. Now, likewise, I do, I'm just glad to see each and every one of you and I can tell and yes this podcast is growing I appreciate it and, and you know what guys I, I prayed about it prayed about it prayed about it we will be going to a video format soon can't tell you when but we'll start working on that in Jesus name now let's get into uh, today's walk so just walk with me a little bit here uh, we were talking before about our, our last our last episode, we were talking about the parables and stuff like that. And a lot of you have sent me questions about that. And I've done my best to try to answer some of those questions. Um, but a lot of you have talked, have been talking to me about what's going on in Israel and how that fits into the end times. We will do an episode on that probably next week. Um, just want to stay prayed up. That's, that's all I'm going to tell you right now. To stay prayed up. Don't go chasing signs. But we'll talk more about that. So many of you were asking me. It just, just became too much to just type the same thing over and over. And just We could all just sit down together and discuss this and walk through this, start walk through this together. But to, uh, excuse me, today we are going to be talking about Christ's road to Calvary. So now we've talked about, again, just like in the beginning of this episode, we talked about the miracles. We talked about the word and, and how much it benefited you as a living person but this this is where the real ministry began to hit the road the rubber meeting hitting the road the rubber meeting the road right here was the Christ road to Calvary this was the exactly the reason why Jesus manifested in the flesh why God manifested himself in the flesh was because this wasn't necessarily for the miracles wasn't necessarily for 
you know, to, to speak with us, to speak to, man, because he was speaking to mankind this whole time. But now it was something different. Because all of that stuff he did, all of the laws of sacrifice, all of the reasons why things had to be done the way they were had to be done, was all building up to this point, this road to Calvary. So we're going to pick up where we had the triumphal entry. And if you you've been following us here we have a saying read a verse or two above a verse or two below but preferably the whole chapter why because context is important for the sake of time it's going to give you a couple of scriptures here uh, Zechariah 9 and 9 and this is where the, the triumphal entry was prophesied Zechariah 9 and 9 rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation lowly and riding upon a donkey, and upon the colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, this is the prophecy. And as we see in Matthew, this is exactly the way it was prophesied. Didn't have to have any interpretation, didn't have to have any you know, adding flavor to it or taking the word out of it to make it fit. It came exactly that way. And this happened in Matthew 21, 1 through 5. And when they draw drew nigh to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage unto Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus to his disciples, saying unto them, Go ye into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them. To me, and if any man say not unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of and straightway he will send them. And all this was done so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, coat and fowl, fold that. So, please understand, this was all to be prophesied, and this was a fulfillment of prophecy exactly the way it was prophesied. A lot of times today, we, we get into this whole, uh, we, and, and this is going to kind of answer some of the questions that you guys have been sending me about end times and stuff like that. A lot of times we, we, we try to make things fit, and we want to ignore the thing that doesn't fit, and we try to put in something that may fit. But the prophecy is going to be done the way God said it was going to be done. And so, we have to be careful when we're talking about whether, you know, everything that happens is to God. We get that. But is, is it the prophecy being fulfilled or is it something leading up to the prophecy being fulfilled? We have to be careful when we're talking about God's word. So, and, and when that happened, these Jews, these Jews, these Pharisee Jews, these Sadducee Jews, who did nothing but study prophecy from sun up to sundown and argue and debate it, should have saw right there that, hey, where have I seen this before? He came riding in on a donkey. He came riding in on a donkey. So where have I seen this before? This I read about this before. You know, when, if I don't know if you've ever... Um, you know, read something and, and then you see something come happen right after you go, wait a minute. You know, like if you see a math problem 
in or you see a science problem and then you, you say, hey, wait a minute, I've seen this before. If I do this, this will happen and then that will happen. Well, the Pharisees should have been like, well, hey, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? Oh, that's right. We're supposed to be rejoicing. And yes, multitudes of Israel, Israelites, Israelis as we might call them, cried and rejoiced. Matthew 21 and 9. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Again, this is prophecy playing out word for word. No chaser, no interpretation, no. This is exactly the way it was said it was going to be done. Now, the weird part is, and this is the part that we talk about today, and it's apt, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't get upset when preachers preach this, but it's the same crowd that was saying Hosanna was the same crowd that was saying crucify him not seven days later. You know why? Because all this had to be according to the will of God. Now let's stop and think about this for a second because this generates a whole bunch of questions. What do you mean by the will of God? Jesus' sole purpose, the flesh of Jesus, was to have sinless blood executed, sinless blood spilled for the salvation of your soul and my soul. So because there was no man, no man who could fulfill that role because all men had been born into sin so the only other way to fix that was to have God do it himself God to manifest himself in flesh in sinless flesh and keep that flesh in subjection and keep that flesh sinless and therefore allow the blood to be spilled and I say aloud because you and I were going to talk about more about some um intricacies about the crucifixion that a lot of people tend to miss. I missed it the first 9,600 times I read over it, but we're going to talk about a lot of intricacies that, that had to happen the way it had to happen. So we're at the Last Supper now. Okay, so let's, let's jump ahead a little bit. We're at the Last Supper. So this is the next event that's a um, occurred during the week before the crucifixion and you know we call it the last supper but really is it's more going to be a celebration of the passover that's what let's read matthew 26 17 to 29 every year and, and let's set the picture here every year uh jesus you know jews kept the feast of the passover right and every so often the feast of the passover coincided with the year of Jubilee. So it was a very special time. Like, And Jewish calendars don't exactly run the way ours run. We say, okay, this is Christmas and this is Thanksgiving. And even if you look at um, like Thanksgiving, it never really falls on the same day every year. It just falls on this Thursday of this month. The last Thursday of the month. So that, that Thursday could be the 22nd. It could be it could be the 23rd or it could be the 30th who knows the fourth thursday whatever that is 
That's when Thanksgiving is. And the Jewish calendar sort of ran that way. So every once in a while, you had, you had a, a seven-year celebration coincide with a 50-year celebration with the Jubilee, all hitting at the same time of the Passover. And this is what was happening. God was not doing this by accident. So, so Matthew 26 and 28, uh, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it broke it, saying, Give it to the disciples, and said, Take it, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, he gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Now, this was a revelation to the disciples that um, that this meal should have had special meaning. And, you know, a lot of times, with as we kind of watch how the disciples work, they sort of did the thing and then realized why it was so special later. So, we call it the Lord's Supper, but really what we're looking at is how the Passover was supposed to be. Right? So, and in 1 Corinthians, it sort of talks about this. Uh, that's going to be Corinthians 5 11. Urge out, therefore, the old level you may be lukewarm, as you are a level. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Uh, and it goes further uh, in 1 Corinthians 11 23 25, or 2 25. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, took bread, and he gave him thanks and break it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup and he sucked. He said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do ye, as often as you drink of it, in remembrance of me. This is, remember that the Passover was done in remembrance of what? deliverance from Egypt so this last supper was to be done in remembrance of Jesus why because Jesus was delivering not from Egypt but in his New Testament application which is sin so remember this is what we're supposed to be thinking about how God delivered us from sin you know some people say hey you can't take this unless you're perfect well Let's think about that because this is our Passover. God had them take the Passover while they were still in Egypt because they were getting out of there. So we have to be very careful about what, what kind of doctrines we apply to uh, to what God is telling us to do. Now Paul explains the meaning of the scripture as follows: Now bread does represent Christ's body. Um, the fruit of the vine symbolizes blood, which is the, what we call grape or wine, we call that. And that's supposed to symbolize his blood. The ordinance is to be observed, and the ordinance should be continued until God's return. So we should be doing that until Jesus returns. How often you do it, it doesn't really, there's nothing in there to say you can't do it every Sunday. There's nothing in there you can't do it once a month. There's nothing in there that say you can only do it once a year. But as often as you do it, remember why you are doing it. Remember why Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross for one reason and one reason only. It was not for anything that he did, but it was for everything that you and I did. 
every you and I we weren't even in existence then. You and I listen to this podcast right now. Wasn't even in existence there. But as Jesus sat there at that table, he looked down through time and he saw you and he saw me. He saw the dregs of, of life where we were messed up in sin and doing all things that we weren't supposed to be doing. He saw all of that. He saw all of that. And he knew that he was dying for us. He was hanging on the cross. And that body that he wrapped himself in was going to die to sacrifice that blood for us. Now, it's kind of powerful when you think about it like that. It's more than just eating a cracker and drinking some grape juice, right? But this is exactly what this was about. Remembering. Remembering that we had an advocate. We had someone who was paying the price for us. And not to take advantage of it. Not to say, okay, well, you know what? That's cool, God. Um, Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. You, you died for my sins. So I guess I better go ahead and zen now. No, no, no. This was, this is to be reverent revered, reverenced, and to understand that God delivered us, not for us to go back, but just that God delivered us from it. 1 Corinthians 11 and 26 says, as long as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do show the Lord's death till he comes. So, now why so? So, before Jesus instituted the supper, he said in Matthew 26 25, now when the evening has come, which that's what I mean by even, right? When the evening has come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful. Now let's stop right there. Even that was the will of God to have happened. That's why Jesus knew it was going to happen. He knew it. He planned it. All of that, the betrayal, the 30 pieces of silver, all of that was already planned out. God already planned it out. But what God didn't plan out was how Judas was going to respond to that because Judas was should have seen right there when he drank that um, uh, wine and ate that bread that he was forgiven for what he was about to go do. But he did not. He could not forgive himself. That's a, that's a message for an entirely different episode. We'll talk about that another time. But continuing and they were exceedingly sorrowful and said, and began everyone to say, The Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dipped his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. And the son of man goes as it is written of me. But woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, it is I. He said unto him, Thou hast said. So poor Judas, you know, we, we, Judas ended up in a position where it would have been better for him not to have been born. I think about that. This is God saying that it's been better if you hadn't been born. Even though I've already decreed that this is the way I have to go. This is the way that these things have to transpire. I have to be set up. I have to be betrayed. And I have to be betrayed in such a way so that the crucifixion can go the way it's supposed to go. Because think about it. We're, we're not talking about the God of heaven. The God of heaven who can... The devil already told 
Jesus. Bro, you could call down a legion of angels and they won't even let you fall. The devil knew right off the bat who he was talking to. He wasn't talking to some random prophet. He wasn't talking to some random uh, preacher. He was talking to God manifest in the flesh. We, we talked about that. This is, this is what Satan was talking to. That's why Satan came himself and didn't send any of his imps. Because he knew this, this was a big one. This was a big fight that he was engaged in. And he's a big fight that he lost. Because he was literally talking to God manifest in the flesh. And God knew that this had to happen. So that you and I, you and I, have the hope of salvation. So now we get to Gethsemane. This is where we're going to wrap it up for today. So we get to Gethsemane. Now some people say Gethsemane. I don't care how you pronounce it. That it, pronunciations, whatever. But I call it Gethsemane. Alright, so following the summer, Jesus and his disciples came to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he took eight of them to, re- and he, you know, he told eight of them to remain behind while he went to pray. He took Peter, James, and John. So, uh, remember, there was 12. Jesus already went to um, betray him. So there were 11. And he told eight of those 11 to stay behind. And he took Peter, John, and James with him. Now, at this point, and this is where a lot of people get twisted up as far as Jesus being not God manifest in the flesh because Jesus being the flesh part of Jesus, the part that needed to eat, the part that needed to sleep, and, you know, that part became very powerful, sorrowful, and heavy at the prospect of what he was going to endure. He knew all of the prophecies that had to be fulfilled and that had to be uh, done, that he had to go through, and the fact that he would not be able to die until an appointed time. So he began to pray. And this prayer is, is outlined in Matthew 26, 40 and 41. Just two verses of scripture. That's it. And he cometh unto the disciples to find them asleep and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me ask you something, walkers. How many times have you gone into gone into something, a spiritual battle, a spiritual battle, and in your and deep in your heart you believe you know you serve a God, you know the God you serve is big and powerful and can do everything, and then that pain hit you and you're trying to figure out, oh my God, is God real? And it's almost like you could hear an audible voice between you and your flesh. Oh man, I I can't do that anymore. And God telling you, you can do all things through me. I make all things possible. This is exactly what was going, this is the same battle that was going on in the Garden of Gethsemane. But sometime later, he woke the disciples and said, rise, let's get going because he is at hand that doth betray me. Here's where the betrayal happened. We're going to stop here for today. But let's go back to that whole thing about the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. This is a dichotomy that that we have to constantly be on guard for. And you see a lot of 
other writers, especially Paul, talk about it, where he talks about keeping his flesh under subjection. The flesh is weak. The flesh isn't that weak. The flesh is, um, by weak, it's not saying that you can easily keep it under subjection. It's saying that you can. It's hard. It's weak when it comes to things of God. Let's put it that way. It's weak when it comes to things of God and how um, how staying within the will of God, you really want to do it. But it's for some reason, something happened. It's almost like your flesh moves automatically. Say, for instance, me. And here's a great way of illustrating this. We got a place around here called Dixie Cream. Oh, my God. Never had a Dixie Cream donut. It is the donuts of donuts. It, it makes Dunkin' Donuts look like wet sandpaper. It, it makes Krispy Kreme look like a used up dish. I'm telling you, Dixie Cream is amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. Anybody ever hear this? You can tell Dixie Cream I said this. There are times when I literally have to avoid the entire block. I cannot drive past that place because my flesh is weak. Even though in my mind, I know I do not need to go in there. I do not need to drive past it. I do not need to go in there. My flesh is weak. Next thing you know, I'm standing at the counter and I got three dozen in my And I'm sure every one of us has their Dixie cream. Everyone. And this is where your flesh is weak. Because those donuts taste so good. Even when you're eating, you feel guilty. But it don't matter because you scarf five before you even realize what's happening. And sin can be that exactly. No, Dixie Cream, if you ever hear this, I'm not saying you're, well, yes, you're doing us arson. But no, I'm not saying to avoid them. No, I'm not saying that. I, I still have to avoid the block that you're on just so I could not weigh 900 pounds. Okay, so get it. But this is the way sin is for all of us. The spirit is willing. You in your heart, you want to go to heaven. You want to be saved. You want to do the right thing. You want, you want, you want. And all of a sudden, all it takes is a little thing. And the flesh just go right back to the thing. No, we're not supposed to. The spirit is willing. The flesh is and that's nothing that is not an insult to your flesh that's not an insult to you that is not an insult to your walk with God it is not it is just one of the things that we must constantly be fighting this is a spiritual battle against the enemy and it's a spiritual battle against our lives. that being said tell somebody you love them give somebody a hug tell them that God died for their sins and they have hope Above all, they have hope. All right? God bless you all. I'll see you on the next one. Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread all the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody need to know who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason.